Hi there! Welcome to the Songs of the Year pod. We have a very big agenda today, but first, for the Reclassico podcast shareholders, a quick statement on Kanye West. It's really shocking to see Kanye become pro-Nazi. Anti-Semitism is a really dumb hill to die on, and ultimately it's, it's really hurtful to a lot of people. And that's not the only hill he's choosing to die on. There's the White Lives Matter hill. It, blah, you've heard enough. What does this mean for this pod, the Reclassico podcast? I'm not sure. I don't think anyone's in the mood for more <laughs> yay content. And I'm sure we'll mention him tangentially here and there because he is a major influence to a lot of the artists that we cover. But ultimately, I don't think we're in the mood. And yeah. That's enough, Mr. West. No more today. And while we're here, let's talk about the World Cup. As a fair-weather soccer fan, I actually have enjoyed a lot of these games. It is a bummer that our boys in blue, that definitely has charged meeting, but our, our American boys, the, the American run was fun while it lasted. They obviously played really sloppily versus Netherlands, and so it's a bummer that they're out. But excited for the next generation of American soccer. I will say that my favorite part of the games I've watched as a neutral observer have been the penalty kicks. I really, I know penalty kicks are considered kind of BS and kind of random, and that is very true. But man, I I really just love the the drama and just how much pressure there is, and and how much this stuff really means to these like multi-million dollar world cup players. And honestly, to put it bluntly, like I honestly really enjoy watching these grown men cry and and not in a cry shaming way. Like, Oh, they're, they're not masculine. It's actually quite the opposite. I, you can almost feel just how much they, they want it and, and just the pressure and the expectations and just an overflow of emotion when that pressure is released, whether in a good way or a bad way. I'm going to highlight one particular game, which was Netherlands versus Argentina. Argentina is leading the whole game. They, they have, they're up two goals with 10 minutes to go into the match. And then they, they blow it. They give up not just one, but like another goal at to equalize it just as time expires. And so they've they've choked and and the Netherlands have forced overtime. And then it goes to penalty kicks, which everyone's just absolutely dreading. Argentina goes up two goals to zero again in penalty kicks. But Netherlands keeps the Dutch keep clawing back and eventually it comes down to the final kick and it really looks like Argentina is about to blow it twice in one game. They don't blow it. Spoiler alert. Argentina wins and, and kicks in the, the winning goal to go on to the semis. And both sides just absolutely start bursting into tears. The The Dutch, whether it's because they were so close, whether because their chance at the national team might be over or maybe someone missed a penalty kick and just inconsolable. And it's it's really sad to, to see the people go through that pain. But on the flip side, the guy who just hit the game winner is bawling his eyes out as well. The the immense pressure being lifted off their shoulders must 
be just a crazy feeling. And when you see another quarterfinal and, and Portugal gets eliminated and you see Cristiano Ronaldo, one of the greatest players of all time, just walking away in the tunnel and just bawling and trying to hold back tears. Like, I think that's really powerful. I feel something. I feel like I'm, I'm not crying. You're crying. I don't know how many types of sports elicit that or how many sporting events elicit that routinely. But that's enough announcements. That's enough world at large stuff. The agenda for today's podcast is I'm going to lay out the rules of the list. I'm going to give you a couple disclaimers before we jump into the list. Then I'm going to list my favorite songs of 2022 that actually didn't come out in 2022. So perhaps I discovered them in 2022, but they came out the year before or even way before that. I'm going to give you some honorable mentions, and then we're going to jump into my top eight songs of 2022. With that, let's let's get started to, to introduce the list. I have to start off this list, like every list seemingly, with a big disclaimer. And that disclaimer is that I am giving this list before the year is actually out. I am recording this on Monday, December 12th. I probably finalized my list around like December 9th. And because these year-end lists keep coming earlier and earlier, and now they all happen at the beginning of December, it makes stuff hard for certain songs. Specifically, songs that come out in December after all the lists are made get absolutely screwed. Honestly, November albums probably get screwed too because you haven't had enough time to fully digest them. And because of this, a lot of the big releases that came out in December that might be album of the year contenders, songs of the year contenders, get screwed. The SZA album that just came out, screwed. The Lil Sims album might be one of the best rap albums of the year. I was listening to it earlier today. Not for consideration on this list. There's an Absol album coming out December 16th that I'm excited for that I can't consider for this list. And the existential question I face every year is, should those December songs be allowed to roll over onto next year's list? Because this dilemma has been happening almost every year that I've done the list. The first example I can remember is uh, Brockhampton's Saturation 3 came out early December 2017. That year, I, I kind of prematurely put it six on my year end list, but if I could redo that list, I love that album so much, I wish I put it second. The ultimate example is Christmas Day 2020 when Playboy Cardi's Whole Lot of Red comes out. And if you listen to our the podcast Mario and I did on Whole Lot of Red, check it out in the Spotify feed if you haven't. That album really requires time to, to grow on, on you. During that pod, the, the album had been out like six months. I gave that album a five and a half out of 10. If I could rate it today, I would give it a nine or a nine and a half out of 10. Probably more of a nine, but but Whole Lot of Red was my most streamed album in 2022, is one of my most streamed albums in, in 2021. And so the question is, should it should be eligible for the 2021 list at least? Last year, I made an exception for it. Last year, I said songs that came out 
the year before were eligible. I made that partly because it was a pandemic. I made that partly because a lot of the music I, I listened to that year did not come out in 2021. We'll, we'll say that list has an asterisk to it. I'm not making that exception this year. And so because of that, my favorite song that I listened to this year that came out December 20th of 2021 is not eligible for this list. It would be my song of the year, but it came out last year. And if you're curious, that song is called Down Softly by Five Pebbles. We'll play a clip right now. To comment on the song, it's just so raw and hazy and, and repetitive and just a really satisfying haze that I, I don't know how to describe it, but just a very genuine and raw feeling that I don't really get anywhere else. I love playing this before going into the gym. It just really pumps me up and just gets me into that that haze. So the song is Down Softly by Five Pebbles. And that leads us to our second disclaimer of the podcast. And that is the type of music you'll be hearing on this podcast. If, if that clip wasn't any indication, I'll let you know that my music tastes have shifted. They used to be very hip hop heavy. Then if you've been following my lists or, or last year's podcasts, like they took a shift towards this weird, wonky, hyper pop, glitchy stuff. And now... This year, we've kind of gone a bit emo. A bit emo, a bit... There are hints of metal in, in some of the songs you'll hear today. You might even hear a scream or two. And for full transparency, I don't know if I would have been confident enough to, to share that with you all in past years. To be honest, in the year 2017, my, my most streamed song was the song, uh, pardon my French, but... Fucked Over by Lil Yachty. And that's not metal, but it is it does carry some some very emo sentiments. And it's it's a sad song, and it's also a short song, so it's very easy to play over and over again. And for that reason, it was my most streamed song of, of 2017 and maybe one of my favorite songs of the year it came out. And yet I was like really scared to share my Spotify rap. And in fact, I wouldn't share it with people because I thought if they saw a song called effed over, they would say, Hey, what's, what's wrong with Alex? Is he sad? Is he depressed? And while I'm not going to say that sad, liking sad music is completely uncorrelated from being, being sad sometimes part of it is just, I like sad music. It's, Songs that feel relatable that are, are really sad, even if there are some songs that just go hard and are, are sad as well. Which, And when I share this with you, it's not a cry for help. It's that I, it's actually a little bit of the opposite. Like I feel confident enough to share this with you 
because I want to tell the truth on my list and, and because I want to share my favorite songs of the year. And hopefully maybe you'll like some of them. So you'll likely hear more harsh guitars. I don't expect you to like it, but I think it's dope. And maybe hope you hear a, a song or a bit of a song that maybe you keep or, or you think is fancy. And that's it for disclaimers. You've listened to the fine print. Let's keep this show rolling. And with that, I want to give a shout out to the songs I heard for the first time in 2022 that I streamed a ton this year. Number one is I Want to Be Cold by The Microphones, which originally came out in 2001. Second is the song Blood Hail by the band Have a Nice Life, which came out in 2008. Number three, I want to shout out one of my favorite hyperpop artists, Twikipedia. They dropped a lot of singles in 2021 that really resonated with me, that really just got me going at the gym. The songs that I streamed a ton from them are Hotel, featuring Sebi. Uh, the other three songs are Titles, Mess, and Villain, all of which came out in 2021, except Mess. I also want to shout out a little bit more chill hyperpop artist, Alden, A-L-D-N, who I streamed a ton. Specifically, his Greenhouse EP, which came out last year. Just very chill, very mellow, and very soppy. The songs I I really enjoyed most from that EP are Dog Eat Dog and Glitter. Moving on, I want to shout out, as is tradition, my favorite feature of 2022. And while I didn't keep a comprehensive list of this, I will use this segment to shout out Juice World, the Juice World feature on the DJ Khaled song Juice World Did, which is a little ironic because as as everyone knows, if you feature on a DJ Khaled song, it might as well be your song because you will be doing all the work. All DJ Khaled does is shout out his name at the beginning of the song. In fact, I, I believe there's in this one, all Khaled does is he says, Quick editor's note, I've tried this DJ Khaled impression like four different times. It's really impossible to do without being, without it sounding goofy or offensive. So look it up. It, the song is called Juice World Did. It's basically starts the song off saying like, they ain't believe in us. Juice World Did. And it's it's funny. It's fun. I, I know whatever you feel about posthumous music, it's great hearing New Jersey world music miss that guy and that leads us to the 2022 list and specifically our honorable mentions before we get into the top eight these are in no particular order first I want to shout out Taylor Swift with the song lavender haze that is a bop next up dreaming of the past by Pusha T and redacted west Next up, my third favorite rap song of the year, Worst Comes to Worst by Denzel Curry. After that, we have Cabin Fever by Reese. That is R-E-6-C-E. I want to shout out the song Nostalgia Drive Avatar by Weatherday. Weatherday is a, I'll talk about him later in in the pod, but Swedish guitarist, kind of emo bedroom pop. 
affair. And now the honorable mention songs that get sound clips. We're going to start with Asian Glow and Weather Day combining to make the song Clock Walk Around the Ache. This is my most streamed song of 2022, partly because of this intro, which is one of my favorite moments of the year. Moving on, I also want to shout out the song Wheel by Asian Glow and another South Korean artist, Paranool. I, I think the song is roughly 15 minutes. I, I don't recommend listening to the whole thing, although I, I enjoyed the whole thing. The reason the song is on the list is the song's going along, but it really turns up around the 5 minute 45 second mark. And lastly, I want to shout out my second favorite rap song of the year, which is Naomi by Lupe Fiasco. It's just a nice, chill, boom bap rap song over a jazzy instrumental. I enjoy this because I think Lupe is having a lot of fun. And there's one particular lyrical flurry that I just want to highlight. And it's when he's talking about being an Italian man. Here's a clip. Split it in half. I ain't rapping, what's happening is blowing glass. Track is tapping drums and crystals blowing the brass. Heard the urge, 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 On that beautiful musical moving you like an inner cool Subaru with an Italian man saying, Look at what I do for you. A nice chicken Vesuvio. And one last thing before we jump into the top eight songs of 2022. This is actually the seventh year that I've had a list. I think it's actually the seventh year that I've published it, maybe the sixth year. I don't I don't know if I published it the first year, but it's the seventh year that I've kept a list of my favorite songs and my, my favorite albums. And with that, I just want to quickly list off the top songs of each of the past couple lists. In 2016, my song of the year was Shadow Man by the rapper No Name featuring Saba and Smino. 2017, my favorite song was North Pole by the rap group Injury Reserve. 2018, my favorite song was Ghost Town by Redacted West, also featuring a slew of features including Kid Cudi, 
2019, my song of the year was Ring Ring by Juice World featuring Clever. If I could redo this, I might swap this out with Empty by Juice World, which is the opener from that album. But both are, are worthy either way. 2020, my favorite song was Hand Crushed by a Mallet by 100 Gex. But there are three versions of the song, and the version that was my song of the year was the Fallout Boy remix. I, I promise I'm saying this unironically. And in 2021, last year, this one's a bit wonky, but my, my favorite song of the year that I had on the list was Poison by Global Dan and Global Asian. That song didn't actually come out in 2021. I, I discovered it for the first time in 2021. And since we're changing the rule, and if I could honestly redo this, my actual song of the year would be my number two song from, from that pod from last year, which was Darling of Loving Vows by Weather Day. Uh, if you're trying to look up this song, note it is only available on YouTube. So canonically, for, for future iterations of this list, my 2021 song of the year is darling of loving vows and with that we've probably waited enough let's jump into the top eight songs of 2022 number eight the place where he inserted the blade by the london band black country new road I try to make lunch for anyone else in my head I end up dreaming of you And you come to me Good morning Show me the place where he inserted the blade I'll praise the Lord This song and this album in particular, the album for your information is Ants Up Here by Black Country New Road. It came out in February, but I actually started, I actually didn't listen through it until December 6th. And this album is really screwing with my year end list because I think the album is excellent. I think it is a, for sure an album of the year contender. And I don't know where to put it on my list with it coming so late in the process, but it's so good that I feel compelled to include it. I'm going to talk about this particular song because I, I think it has a very interesting narrative, at, at least when I read the annotation notes on Genius.com. It's a heartbroken ballad about a man who is struggling to function after a breakup. Look, I don't really enjoy songs that with sentiments, with really hopeless sentiments about wallowing and being helpless without a significant other this idea that you just can't really continue i i listen to a lot of those songs but i don't really enjoy the sentiment because i i think it sounds a little clingy but i think this song is compelling the the way it builds up and builds tension into the the chorus i i think is really uh emotional overload which i i do appreciate jumping into the the narrative of what you're hearing about it's a man who's in his kitchen 
just trying to live his everyday life and he has guests over he's he's cooking for them and he's watching a cooking tutorial just trying to i don't know cut some onions or something and it's like obviously the onions are maybe causing him to cry but the the piece that maybe he felt in the kitchen is broken down when he starts thinking about his ex and while i'm not too sure about the finer details of what specifically is going on in the song my understanding is that he's watching a cooking tutorial and he's saying show me the place where they inserted the blade like show me where to cut on these onions obviously the where he inserted the blade it's it's almost being like stabbed in the back maybe your ex has met a new man and the fact that that's going on is is crushing you and maybe it's not the most subtle illusion but I think it really builds the way he's talking about how arms break, but then those bones heal. Takes a few years, but they break bones. It takes a few months, but our bones heal. We're stronger, we tell all our school friends. And we sign our cast in the playground. And you think that they're going to, it's going to be fine and stronger in the long run. That's easy to say, but dealing with that pain of maybe being broken up with or uh, remembering something or just finding being weak when you have to hold up an illusion of, of being strong in front of your guests, that is just very emotionally compelling. And I, I think emotionally compelling is the operative word for the song. So number eight. The Place Where You Inserted the Blade by Black Country New Road. Number seven, my number seven song of the year. The title is explicit and I, I don't feel comfortable sharing it. It's a lead single by the band Birds Fear Death. I'll initial it PGSF. Let's play a clip. Again, I want to restate my disclaimer that I honestly don't recommend the song. I don't think you should you would like it. It's way too dark, way too rough. Thankfully, it's hazy enough so that you don't actually hear the lyrics because I'm I'm sure if I actually looked up whatever th these lyrics were, I would not like what I found. But again, I'm just reporting the the songs that I really enjoyed this year. And while I don't recommend sharing the song or, or playing it openly, this song was very raw and it went super hard and the context where I enjoyed it was trying to build up speed on the treadmill. I thought it got me super hype while trying to do a final kick on the treadmill. That's ultimately not what the, the song is about. <laughs> the song is not about running on the treadmill, but we're divorcing the, the song from its lyrics and this just got me hype. Let's just jump to the next song. PGSF by Birds Fear Death is number seven. Number six, my rap song of the year, N95 by Kendrick Lamar. Take off the fufu, take off the cloud chase, take off the Wi-Fi, 
Take off the money phone, take off the car loan, take off the flex and the white loss. Take off the weird ass jewelry, I'ma take 10 steps, then I'm taking off top off. Take off the fabricated dreams and the microwave memes, it's a real world outside. Take off your idols, take off the runway, take off the Cairo. Take off the Sandro pay, five days stay, take off for the meal, hella follow. Take off the fuffler, take off reception, take off the cop with the iPad. Take off the allure, take off the unsure, take off the decisions I Sonically, like any new cutting-edge Kendrick Lamar song, it feels like you're discovering a new frontier of rap. This is something that only someone like Kendrick Lamar and something like the top dog entertainment producers who are behind this track could produce. We've discovered this brave new world of, of synthesizers and like crazy bass lines. I, I think Tyler, when he was on our Big Steppers podcast, when we were talking about this album, he mentioned that the the, the bass line was almost like the Big Steppers. And that was a, a metaphor you could think of for the album, which is Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. But if you really drill down to the lyrics, it's it's almost kind of a joke song. The song is a mockery or, or satire of cancel culture. Also, obviously, making fun of these fake rappers with microwave memes and microwave streams what, and fake jewelry that is telling them to, to take it off and, and be a real rapper. You'll hear Kendrick Lamar using common internet sayings like, you out of pocket and, huh, facts. And honestly, one of the, the funniest parts... Or one of my actual favorite parts of the song is the first time he plays the chorus. I'm going to play you a clip, but as you're listening closely, he, he starts off saying, you out of pocket. But at the very end, he says, get back in pocket. Phrases that no one uses like get back in pocket is just a little ribbing to online activism and what Kendrick probably views as posturing to support social causes. These overnight activists, as he he says in another song, Family Ties. In a world where many maybe look for Kendrick to speak on a lot of the social issues, Kendrick is here to make fun of people who would deem him that sort of philosopher or someone who could actually cause systemic change like that. He is mocking people for making him the savior. And whether you buy into Kendrick's savior narrative, whatever you think Kendrick's role should be in, in social discourse, I think it's a, a testament to his artistry that he could make the hardest, most cutting edge rap song of the year. Uh, just uh, just to dunk on some Twitter egghead nobodies. So that was my favorite rap song of the year, N95, Kendrick Lamar. Number five, It's Not What I Have by the great American producer, Twikipedia. And I know what you want And it's not what I have You still leave me alone I can't let go of the past 
Wikipedia is a hyperpop artist that usually leans on synthesizers to create short, energetic hype songs that are roughly two minutes long. Most of his music is really short, but every now and then he'll drop a serious slow burner like this one. At four minutes and 14 seconds, it is the longest song that he's released to date. But while the slow, soppy sentiment of the song is alright, the reason the song is on this list is due to its hyperactive transition in the middle of the song. Here is going to be an ex extended clip of that. There's honestly a song later on this list, I believe it's number two, that has a similar moment and a similar riff, and I love it just the same, but I just love that transition, that moment, and that's why it's my number five song of the year. The song is It's Not What I Have by Twikipedia. Number four, Jet by Asian Glow and Weather Day. Jet is the closing song of the collaborative EP by Swedish guitarist Weatherday and South Korean shoegaze extraordinaire Asian Glow. Together, the EP by Weatherday and Asian Glow is called Weather Glow. If you aren't familiar with the term shoegaze, the genre is defined by very hazy guitars that by very hazy guitars and, and very soft lyrics over them. It became popular in the early 90s with bands like My Bloody Valentine before it kind of phased out of the rock world. And artists like Asian Glow and another South Korean artist named Paranool, they're in South Korea and they're trying to bring it back. And this song, Jet, has roughly a two-minute stretch, which is maybe my favorite two-minute stretch of the year. Just the song, just... Gets out of control. I'm going to play you a an extended clip. Yeah. 
lot of these songs, I don't have a mathematical reason why it's number three or number four or number two. But that particular stretch just really spoke to me and just rocked really damn hard. The song is Jet by Asian Glow and Weather Day, number four on the list. Number three, Starcrossed by the band Foxtails. Foxtails is a Connecticut emo screamo band whose music is low key until it isn't. It'll be a nice chill country song with the fiddle going on in the background. And then their lead singer who's named, hopefully I get this right. Their lead singer is named Blue Luno Solaz. And she'll just let out like a really monster scream in the middle of nowhere. But my favorite part comes right after that scream with this beautiful filled passage and some really hazy vibes and and a lot of emotional weight in this clip. And the song keeps getting better and, and continues to escalate beyond that. But this is my number three song of the year. And I'll be talking about the the album, the Foxtails album, in the next pod, Albums of the Year. Number three, Starcross, Foxtails. Number two, Green Tea Seaweed Sea by the Swedish guitarist Weather Day. Wondered why you If I haven't made it clear in this pod or past pods, this artist's weather day goes by other aliases such as Five Pebbles and Sputnik. They're currently my favorite artists, just period. And their debut album, Come In, which came out a couple years ago, is one of my favorite albums, period. This song, Green Tea Seaweed Sea, is a B-side for their upcoming album titled Hornet Disaster. 
quick note this song is not on streaming you have to find it on youtube where it has roughly sixteen thousand views this song is very low-key and melancholy but like other songs on this list turns up with a crazy guitar clip that is my favorite musical moment of 2022 here's an extended clip of that Music is very contextual and is often melds with the situation you're in when you listen to it. And I say this because one particularly happy moment in my year was I was just getting off a plane after like a really long flight, maybe three hours. And once I got off the plane, I felt the freedom. I started blasting this song in this particular moment and it felt absolutely amazing. There's something about blasting loud music in your AirPods while everyone else is going about their day-to-day that is just really fun. And it's like you're having a party in your headphones, but it's your own special secret that no one else is privy to. And because of that contextual experience, and it wasn't just that one experience, I, I made it a tradition whenever I got off a plane to bump this song as I was headed over to the baggage claim it's because of those fun experiences that green tea seaweed sea jumps up the list in my favorite songs of the year it's not a particularly happy song i would say but it made me really happy to it makes me reminisce that feeling of reaching my destination landing in a new city to explore and with new possibilities It's another example of how music, whether by the artist's intention or against the artist's intention, can be really uh, cathartic and and really amplify your day based on the context that you're listening to it. And so my number two song, Green Tea Seaweed Sea by Weather Day, check it out on YouTube. It has my favorite musical moment of the year, and that's why it's number two. And that brings us to our number one song of 2022. And that is Antihero by Taylor Swift. I'm just kidding. I I love Taylor Swift. Uh, No, my number one song is not Antihero, unfortunately. And that's probably me. The problem, it's me. But my number one song of the year is I Told You That I Was Afraid by the bets.
All right, buckle up. So much of the lyrical themes of Elizabeth Stokes, who is the lead singer of The Best, a lot of her lyrical themes have to do with this jaded heartbreak that she experiences. And she always delivers it in a very deadpan tone. For Elizabeth, it's never one specific heartbreak, but the cumulative effect of being let down over and over to the point that you never want to get your hopes up again. Her tone is very jaded because she's just seen enough. To give you a little bit more context about the band's history, the Beths had a debut album a couple years ago called Future Me Hates Me. The premise of that title is that the lead singer Elizabeth, her future self hates her for getting into a relationship. Her future self hates her for falling in love because her future self knows that it will end badly and that she will have to pay down the road for the mistake that her current self is making. And it's a very interesting sentiment. It's this idea of fate and the idea that no matter what we do, it's going to end badly or, or it's like watching a slow motion car crash and the fear of crashing causes it to become a self-fulfilling prophecy to further go out of my way to cycle analyze this pop song. This song has my favorite verse of the year. Let's play a clip. To repeat the lyrics from the recording, if, if you weren't able to hear it, I'm not getting taller anymore, so when I fall, it's always the same distance as before. You'd think I'd learn to anticipate it by the millionth time I ate it. First off, she kind of disses herself. She says, I'm not getting taller anymore, as in she's 5'7 and, and she's always going to be that height the rest of her life, which is kind of funny. But because she isn't getting taller, she almost has no excuse in not being able to calculate the trajectory from where she stands at five foot seven to when her face hits the concrete at zero foot zero inches. And it's funny that her head is hitting the, the concrete because this stanza really highlights a battle between the head and the heart. And what do I mean by that? Well, you have to think, why does she keep falling in the first place? Why does she not adapt? Why does she not, why does she keep making the same mistake over and over again? And that's because she keeps falling in love. And that's not a logical decision. That's her heart making the decisions for her. So in the battle of her head versus her heart, her heart is winning and her heart's making these bad decisions, which becomes a never-ending cycle and a self-fulfilling prophecy so meanwhile her heart's making these bad decisions the least her brain can do is cushion the fall she lays out in this verse this idea that if her if her brain can somehow anticipate the fall and maybe allow her to brace for the fall maybe she'd be able maybe it would hurt just a little bit less but obviously with things like love and, and heartbreak it it doesn't get better. It, she's not becoming numb to it. It hurts every single damn time. And so 
two things aren't just really aren't working. One is her decision making. Her decision making isn't working because her heart's making all the decisions, not her head. But also her feelings aren't working either because she's trying to apply logic as to why she shouldn't feel pain. So her her head and her heart are switched and she's getting the worst of both worlds. Moving on to the second stanza. And I told you that I wasn't scared, that even if I fractured every bone, I didn't care. I never told a lie so confidently, but you let me down so gently that the concrete barely bent me. In this second stanza, she's really putting up a front in front of her ex, the person who broke her heart. She's trying to give off this idea that she's she's very strong, that, that she's not feeling any pain, and in the process, she kind of comes off as an emotionless robot. In fact, a lot of the tone of the song is she's very deadpan, very emotionless, as if she's so jaded beyond measure. So she's putting up this front in front of her ex, and obviously that's a lie that, that she's telling confidently. But I imagine holding all that pain in, all that heartbreak in, and not being able to let it out, that probably makes it even more painful. And going down further into the verse, you let me down so gently. I, I like the idea that she says that, hey, this person caused me a lot of pain, really broke my heart, but they're kind of a nice guy. They let me down gently. They did it in a nice way. They were considerate of my feelings. So I don't have an excuse to complain. And a lot of what you're seeing in these two verses are, I feel a certain way, but I, I don't have an excuse. Like, I, I, I can't, I'm not allowed to express myself because it's, it's my fault that he broke up with me. And maybe that's an aspect of the song I, I don't really love. There's this idea of uh, codependency, the, the idea that I can't function on my own without the significant other propping me up. In fact, there are a lot of times throughout the song where she's almost asking for confirmation from her now ex, right? She comes up with this ridiculous claim about herself that she needs her ex to shoot down. Right after this verse is a very sweet little bridge that I enjoy a lot. Uh, that kind of conveys this idea. I think this song hits a lot of insecurities that are relatable to a lot of people. You may have fear that the person you like, the person you like like, they won't like you back. You may have that fear, or you may fear that people are secretly judging you. Or perhaps you fear that, hey, things are going well right now, but I'm inevitably going to screw it up. In fact, you may feel added pressure that Hey, things are going well. This is your one shot. Do not miss your chance to blow. Shout out Eminem. And because of that, you have you feel like you have added pressure 
and it, it just causes more anxiety. The fact that things are going when things are actually going well, there's there is nothing structurally wrong, but you you just won't believe it. And it's a real it's a real feeling, and I would be lying if I said that I don't relate to the song to a certain extent. But I I really hope it's a feeling that we don't dwell on and don't truly believe deep down. I hope we have the confidence in ourselves to know that we aren't alone, that we aren't screw-ups. And sure, we are going to keep falling over and over again. And But when we do fall, we do have the support to get back up. And whether that support's from our friends, from family, from God, I hope we tell ourselves that we, we have that support instead of continuing a what would actually be a lie that we're hopeless and that we're in this cycle of dread. And to conclude... My reasoning that this is my song of the year is actually somewhat divorced from how I feel about the sentiment of the song or, or what the song is about. If, if you're going to talk about the sentiment of the song, you could argue that this is actually the most emo song on my list in, in terms of lyrics. The reason this is my song of the year is because I, I think it's very well written. I just honestly think it's a bop, and I honestly love psychoanalyzing like I, I've just done for the these 10 minutes, psychoanalyzing Elizabeth Stokes' persona, the lyrics of her music. I think it's really interesting and relatable. And ultimately, that's, that's all I have to say on the matter. I told you that I was afraid by the best is my song of the year in 2022. And that said, thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know... Maybe my taste is a little less mainstream. Maybe it's a little more sad. Maybe it's a little more emo. First off, I I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you, I guess secondary is maybe hopefully you found a a song or a bit of a song that you liked and and maybe that's something you check out later and and keep with you. But ultimately, I want to say that one thing I've really struggled with is being not proud of my music, but not being ashamed to, to share what I like or not being ashamed to like what I like. And I hope whatever you like that you don't feel insecure about it. And that's that's pretty much it. And if you feel willing, if you keep track of a, a songs of the year list or an album of the years list, I'd honestly be interested in, to hear your thoughts and, and recommendations. As always, uh, my DMs are open. So even if I only know you tangentially shoot me a message and always happy to talk about this stuff and thank you very much for listening to this and and checking it out i if you're a spotify subscriber i I encourage you to follow us and and maybe give us a five-star review there what might be more helpful is if there's a music fan in your life that you think might actually enjoy this podcast send them a link just recommend it like i know this pod this type of podcast is kind of niche so if if you know someone who might like it, that would be amazing. And with that, thanks for checking out my World Cup takes and hope you enjoy the rest of your year. I'm going to try to get the Albums of the Year pod out as soon as possible. I've been dealing with some audio issues, which has caused a little bit of a delay. 
but hopefully I can get it out before Christmas, before end of the year. And thanks for taking the time and see you in the next episode.